I want to know more about Jesus. I want to understand all I can so that I can be more like Him. More about Jesus. Oh, to be like Thee, we sing. Oh, to be like Thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as Thou art, come in Thy sweetness, come in Thy fullness, stamp Thine own image deep on my heart. We want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. The fullness of Jesus Christ. You know, just saying the name, Jesus. Rolls off the tongue so lightly, so sweetly. Jesus. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Whether you say it loud, Jesus, or you say it softly, Jesus. We understand what that means, don't we? We understand who He is. Just just saying the name, Jesus. I want to live with Him. I want to be more like Him. I love Him so much. The Apostle Paul if you'll turn to Colossians chapter 1, he says in in verse 28, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To be perfect in Christ Jesus. I want to be perfect in Christ. Will I fail? Yes. Romans chapter 3 verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, but I... I can be forgiven, can't I? Oh, yes. Because of, because of Jesus. Because of that name. Because of who He is. Because of what He did. For me and for you. As Paul goes on to say in, in chapter 2 of, of Colossians, you know, not in the philosophies of men do we find this peace, but in, in Christ. Verse 8, not in legalism, but in Christ. Verse 12, buried with Him in baptism. Not, not in carnality. I, I can't be forgiven, you know, setting my, my mind on things of the world. But I can set my mind on the things above. On Jesus. Colossians 3 verse 2, I can be forgiven in Christ. Then in Christ, I become a new man and the peace of God rules in my heart. Colossians 3.15, this, this makes us, Colossians chapter 4, better wives, better husbands, better children, better workers, better bosses. All because of Jesus. Jesus. I want to know the love of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 that passes all knowledge. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 
says, I want to know Christ. We sing this song. Let's sing it. I want to know Christ and the power of His rising. Share in His suffering, conform to His death. When I pour out my life to be filled with His Spirit, joy follows suffering and life follows death. I love Jesus Christ and and, and I I want to be like Him. And this is the reason for this series of sermons this year on the life of Christ and in the upcoming Sunday morning class. Because it is my firm conviction that the more we know about Jesus, the more we know about Him, the more we can be like Him. Not long ago, in the city of Boston, an acting company... Shakespearean acting company was rehearsing in a park for an open-air performance of Shakespeare's As You Like It. The park where they practiced was adjacent to this large office building that was being bricked. Bricklayers were working there every day during the practices of these Shakespearean actors. During a pause in the acting the troop heard a voice from the building above that said with the with with the utmost of seriousness i prayeth thee passeth me yon brick if you stay around something long enough it starts to become a part of you doesn't it starts to become a part of you. I pray of thee, if you hang around Jesus Christ, you'll become like Him. <laughs> you'll know more about Him and, 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 and you'll be more like Him. And that's what I hope we do as we study the, the life of Christ in these series of lessons. We study the life of Jesus. We've already examined the early years of, of Jesus. So today... Let's glean from the four Gospels facts about the early ministry of Jesus. You know, before Jesus began this wonderful ministry of teaching, before He chose the apostles, before His first miracle, before His sermons and and discourses and parables and trial and death and, and burial and resurrection, Jesus fulfilled all righteousness He became the example. He became an example of the stepping stone to eternal life that all of us need. In the synoptic gospels of Matthew chapter 3, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 3, we see that Jesus set out to be baptized. He set out to do this. Mark excuse me, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by Him. Jesus was not persuaded by a preacher. His righteousness did not depend upon man. But our righteousness depends upon Jesus, you see. John the baptizer protested here in Matthew that that he, John, didn't need to be baptized by Jesus. No, not, no, it should be the other way around, Jesus. I need to be baptized by you. 
This protest by John shows that Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus wasn't a sinner. He didn't need to have his sins washed away. But we do. Jesus answered John's protest, Matthew chapter 3, verse 15, that his baptism was to fulfill all righteousness. You know, in the foyer, out here in the foyer, we have pictures of those who attend here at Fountainhead on a, on a regular basis. If you hadn't got your picture made yet, Danny, raise your hand. See, Danny, get your picture made, and he'll make sure that it goes on the, on the board out there. But, but I, I was counting those the other day. Uh, there are 212 persons, 212 faces on the board out there. I looked at those faces, and 45 of them, 21% of those pictured have not been baptized. And I got to look in closer. 24 of the 45 were what I would consider to be, and this is just me, it's my judgment, you know, my judgment call. 45, you know, 24 of the 45 are what I would consider to be too young to understand. At least 21 or 10%. 21 people that are on the board out here. There may be others in this room today that aren't on the board that I don't know, I haven't met you yet. 21, 10% who could be, are close to being baptized. Every soul is precious, amen? God wants all men to be saved, amen? So do we, right, Fountainhead, don't we? Amen? It's important to tell. It's important to know that from the time of Jesus through today till the Lord comes back, those who fail to obey the Lord's ordinance of baptism fail to obey two things. Number one, the example of Jesus. And number two, the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus knew that he needed to be baptized. And he tells each and every one of us to go into all the world preaching, baptizing, teaching. And those who are baptized, who believe and are baptized, will be saved, Mark 16, 16. He gave this, before, he gave this command before he ascended to the right hand of God. Jesus allowed himself to be baptized. He humbled himself You who have never obeyed, you must do likewise. You must humble yourself. Notice from Luke's account, if you would, you may have to like mark some extra passages here, maybe put two or three fingers in. You know, Luke uh, chapter 3 verse 21, you know, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heavens opened up. You know, right after Jesus was baptized, he prayed. The world gets switched around, don't they, a little bit? First you pray, the world has it where you pray, and, and then you're saved, you know, and then you're baptized. But Jesus prayed after he was baptized, Right? So the example we see, right after Jesus was baptized, he prays, prayed, Luke uh, 3.22, and the Holy Spirit descended 
The Holy Spirit descended. Matthew 3.16, like a dove. Not, not an actual dove, but like a dove, it says. That's the language that's used, which fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah 11 verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. And, and like a dove, the Spirit came and rested upon Jesus. The Spirit, like a dove, is pure and, and gentle and, and peaceable. Jesus could have testified about Himself. And that would have been alright. He had the testimony of John the baptizer and the authors of the Gospels. And that was wonderful. And, and, and what, they, what they write is believable. But Jesus not only had these testimonies, but when the Spirit rested upon Him, He had the testimony of the Spirit and the Father because the voice of God came suddenly from heaven saying, Matthew three seventeen, This is my beloved Son on whom I am well pleased. Jesus. Name above all names. Beautiful Savior. Glorious Lord. Emmanuel, God is with us here. He walked among us. He became flesh for just a little while. At his baptism, Jesus was shown to be the Son of God. At our baptism, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, we become children of God. And when we were baptized, or when you are baptized, I did, and you can, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, salvation. Salvation from sin, salvation from hell. Jesus was about 30 years old. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. In these next few verses. Numbers chapter 4 verse 3 shows us that when a Levite entered into service, he was about 30 years old. Joseph, we read in in Genesis, stood before Pharaoh at about age 30. David, he became king. 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse... uh, 2 Samuel chapter 4, he became king at about age 30. And notice right after Jesus was baptized, he's tempted of the devil, if you're following along. Tempted of the devil in the wilderness, the synoptic gospels in Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 4. They tell us that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, to be tempted by the devil. Life changes fast, don't it? Life changes fast, doesn't it? This doesn't exist anymore. As a boy, this is where I worshipped. The baptistry behind the pulpit, that's where I was baptized in 1979. At the top of the screen on, on that, if you're facing the pulpit, would be the right side. On that right section, about five rows back, that's where I sat that night. Brother Robert Cullum from Charlotte, Tennessee, the Water Street Congregation. 
was preaching a gospel meeting. That's the night in 1979 that I obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can see Brother Cullum offering the invitation right now. I close my eyes and I can see it. I can see myself walking down that aisle. I can see him nervously. Because he was so excited. I understand what he felt now. Because when folks come to be baptized, you get nervous. You're so excited. I can see him nervously take my confession before everybody in that room. I can see myself in the water there, there in that baptistry. I can see myself in the water and it's like, it's like, I, it's like I open my eyes and I'm before you today. Life changes quickly. It changes fast, doesn't it? It just seems like a blink of the eye from 1979 till today. For Jesus... He was baptized. And right after he was baptized, he was tempted of the devil. You know, I tell folks when I baptize them here and elsewhere that you've got to watch out for the devil now. You've got to watch out for him. Because right after Jesus was baptized, he was tempted of the devil. If it can happen to Jesus Christ, it can happen to you, can't it? It sure can. The devil's after you. Blink and you'll miss it. The devil tempts us. I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much because he knows what I've got to live with. He knows about temptation. He, he knows about it. The devil tempts us just like he tempted Jesus, just as he's always tempted with with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the the boastful pride of life. That's how he tempts us. That's how he gets us. He's always after us. But notice, Jesus, here in the wilderness, he didn't seek the temptation. He didn't seek the temptation like, like you or me might, might live on the fringes. You know, we, we, we sometimes, we kind of live on the edge. We try to get as close to sin as we can without really sinning, right? We're not going to go all the way and just sin, but we're going to see how close we can get to the edge. Not Jesus. Now, he, he didn't go out. He, didn't, he, he, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus didn't fight a losing battle. God tests us. He doesn't tempt us. Turn your Bibles. Keep your fingers here in Matthew, but turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. And we see him here in the wilderness. Waging war, doing battle. J.W. McGarvey saw Jesus as a second David. Meeting Goliath on the the field of battle. And Jesus, he, he faced his giant. 
And He gives us, look, He gives us the example to face our giants. What giants are you going through? What giants are you facing right now? Well, let's look and see how Jesus defeated this giant and use His example. Jesus faced His own giant and He won and, and, and you can too. The Word, John 1.14, became flesh and flesh is weak, Jesus said. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. The flesh could be tempted. Jesus had, believe it or not, the ability to fall. He shared our nature just as we share His. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. I'll explain what I mean. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. It says that Jesus gives aid to the seed of Abraham. We understand that to, to be uh, an heir of the promise, Abraham's seed, Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, uh, you, you're baptized into Jesus Christ. So Jesus gives aid to the seed of Abraham, verse, verse 17. Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus can sympathize with us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, because he was tempted like us, it says, but without sin. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus. I want you to say that name and I want you to understand what he's done for us and what he can do for us. He was tempted yet without sin, Jesus. So that, verse 16, we can now come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly we can come to the throne of grace. And it says, obtain mercy and grace when we need them. Back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2 says, Jesus had fasted 40 days and, and nights, and in this weakened state, He meets the devil in the wilderness. The devil is real. The devil is real. Forty no. percent of Americans who identify themselves with Christians, and this, this, was a, this was a poll taken by the Barna organization in 2009, forty percent of Americans who identify themselves as Christians do not believe Satan is real. Can you believe that? That's just... That's just Mind-blowing to me. I, I don't know about you. And, and 19 more, 19% more, more, somewhat agree with them. So almost 60% of Americans who call themselves Christians don't believe in the devil or, or just kind of do. But what happened to Jesus is real. What happened to Jesus here in, in Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke... We read about it. It's real. The devil is real. Jude 6 says, There are some angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode. The devil seeks to devour you, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The devil is so real that Jesus teaches us to pray. When he teaches us to pray, he teaches us to be delivered from the plans of the evil one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus knew He was real and, he, and we should know He's real and we should pray that we don't fall into His traps. 
The devil uses those oft-used weapons of lust and pride. First Peter, excuse me, First John chapter two, verse verse fifteen. Satan appealed to Jesus's flesh first. You know, you look at Matthew chapter four, verse three. Jesus, I'm sure, was very hungry. He's tempted to turn the stones into bread. The devil sets Jesus on a high pinnacle at the temple and using the pride of life tempts Jesus to, to be dangerous on purpose. On a high mountain, Matthew chapter 4 verse 8, the eye is tempted, the flesh is tempted, his pride is tempted. The devil will give all his holdings. He will give everything he's got to Jesus. If Jesus will just, just fall down and worship him, if you just fall down and worship me, I'll, you know, I almost look at it as like a poker player, all in. He puts all in. You can have it all. It's over. This is all over if you'll just worship me. Each time Jesus uses God's word to defeat the devil. Each time. To man, this is foolish. To us, it's, it's foolishness sometimes to God's word. So, so many today have no confidence in the word of God and will not use it to examine their lives. As Brother Shockley talked about this morning at the Lord's Supper. They won't use it to examine their lives, doubting that Jesus can save. You know, and so many who obey God's word will not continue to stay in the word and presume they can sin and no harm will befall them. We must have confidence in God's word. We must have confidence in Jesus. And understand we can't love the world we must have confidence that God's going to do what He says He's going to do. Right? God's going to do what He says He's going to do. You know, temptations are battles, and these battles, they leave us weaker or stronger. They leave us weaker if we fail and stronger if we win, but our weakness can be strengthened, can be used as strength if we overcome. And we can overcome. We can do it. Jesus told the devil to go on. But understand, the devil didn't give up. Jesus told him to get on. The devil never gives up. You know, you look over later, Jesus told Peter later that Satan asked to sift Peter like wheat. That's what he wanted to do to Peter. He wanted to sift him like wheat. And as Jesus prayed for Peter, pray for yourselves that your strength won't fail. But Jesus beat the devil. Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one, John the baptizer, John chapter 1 verse 34, testified that Jesus was the Son of God. John chapter 1 verse 19 and 20, John told all that he could that he was not the Christ. And if, if there, was, there was a doubt that he was or wasn't the Christ, John corrects it. In John the baptizer, John chapter 1 verse 35, was standing with, with two of his disciples and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. John chapter 1 verse 29. These two disciples heard Jesus speak and they, they started following Him. Verse 37. Where do you live? They asked Him. Where do you live? Come and see, Jesus said. John chapter 1 verse 39. One of the two, Andrew. The other, according to many, is the author, John. 
one of the two, Andrew, he went and found his brother Simon. You know, I love reading this meeting. I love reading this meeting in John chapter 1. From the beginning, you know, from, from the beginning that Simon Peter was brought to Jesus by his brother, you see that relationship, that bond formed between Jesus and, and, and Simon. Jesus looks at him and he starts handing out nicknames. Cephas, Rock. And from that point on, Peter starts to earn his nickname, doesn't he? Earn his new name. I, I love the fact, though, that Andrew, his brother, brought him to Jesus. The next day, John chapter 1, verse 46, Jesus finds, finds Philip and says, follow me. What would you do? You know, if Jesus came to you and he looked at you and he said, follow me, what would you do? Well, the next time Jesus comes back, he's taking us home with him. So I'm going to ask you today, if I asked you today, would you follow Jesus? What's your answer? Huh? Follow me, Jesus said. Will you follow him? Will you follow Jesus? Philip found Nathaniel. And with a simple, personal bit of evangelism, Philip said to Nathaniel in John chapter 1 verse 45, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You know, I read last week that, that Nazarenes and Galileans, they were not cultured people. They had rude speaking patterns, I read in my research. They were basically the rednecks of the region. They had more contact with Gentiles than their more cosmopolitan neighbors and all this made them lightly esteemed. They weren't very well thought of. That's why Nathaniel says when he's told about Jesus of Nazareth in John chapter 1 verse 46, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Look down on them. Undaunted, it seems, Philip evangelistically said three words Come and see. Come and see. How easy is that? How easy are those three words? You know, me and Brother Eddie Perdue, we went to Freed Hardman this past week. We, we, we sat in a, in a class together, didn't we, Brother Eddie, about a man who was talking about how we should build one another up and how easy that is to do, you know, by just three simple words like, I love you. I respect you. How about here? Come and see. Come and see. Very easy to do. Very easy to tell your neighbor. Very easy to tell your mom. There's nothing confrontational about. Very easy to tell your daughter or your son or your loved one. Come and see. Come and see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. He said, Behold, an Israelite indeed. Philip was amazed that Jesus knew all about him. We learned that God knows everything. He sees all. We can't slide by. We don't get a break. Hannah Griffin gave me a, a great thing the other day. Uh, 
She said, there's no off-season. You know, if you want to be a good football player or a good basketball player or a good anything, there's really no off-season, is there? You've got to be good at it all the way around. If you want to be a Christian, there's no off-season. Right? Amen? There's no off-season. You don't get a break. You've got to be a Christian all the time. If you want to be the best, then be the best. To me, this is, this is a miracle. To see someone under a fig tree without ever being near the fig tree, that's pretty good, isn't it? But Jesus told Nathaniel, basically, if you're, if you're amazed at this, if this amazes you, just wait, verse 50. You will see greater things, he says. He talks about, he uses that analogy, the, the, the angels descending and ascending. Jacob, in, in Genesis 28, verse 10, he dreamed of angels ascending and, and descending. But, but Jesus makes this a reality. John chapter 1, verse 51, it's figurative. It means now, because of Jesus, heaven is, is now open to, to all of us. When before sin kept it closed, now heaven's open to all of us. But we've got to go through Jesus. All hinges on Jesus, you see. If you want access to the Father, you've got to go through Jesus. But, folks, the way is open. The way is open to you because of Jesus. What a what a true Israelite like Nathaniel longed for was done in Jesus. Because of Jesus' death on the cross and subsequent burial and resurrection, we can obey the gospel and like Jesus, be baptized and be like Jesus. In John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, Jesus works His first miracle at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus turned many gallons of water into wine, and these were the beginning, it says, the beginning of the signs, John 2, verse 11, that Jesus did in, the, in Canaan of Galilee and manifested His glory, and His disciples believed on Him. Here, they believed on Him. The signs pointed the way. You know, the signs that we see around town, they, they all have a purpose. They point their way to something. This was a sign. It pointed to, to Jesus. These signs that are in the Scriptures, we can believe them today. and They, they, they point to, to Jesus. These signs pointed the way to Jesus and they, they point the way for you today. If, if you believe on, on Jesus, if you believe on Jesus, you can be changed too. Learn of Him. Love Him. Obey Him. Right now, as together we stand.